Metal Cough. Hey, behave. Look, we're going to dive right in. Yeah, we're we going to get to work. Okay. I, I, and just full disclosure, we were going to record a lot earlier. I turned into Hitch from uh, Will Smith and Hitch. Food allergy or something. My whole face, my whole body's swollen up. But, you know, we're just, we're, we're tough guys here. So we're, we're battling through. Yeah, if there's any amateur doctors out there that have any uh, home remedies yeah, for middle cough, let us know. I'm good. We'd right, love to heal roll, Although you look good right now for the, for the you know, if, th- if this was audio only, you could have done it. But you, know, yeah. you got to look good for YouTube, too. I was also sneaky, a little scared. I didn't quite know what was going on. I had to just be ready to go uh, to the hospital. Yeah. But I'm good. I'm over. You need the, uh, what's, the big, what's the shot that Will Smith gets? Remember, he gets the big shot. Oh, yeah. I just need to call Kevin James and get one of those bad boys. Where they put it like right in your chest cavity. Yeah. Remember the guy, the guy in The Rock got it, the adrenaline. When they, oh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I guess that was Nicolas Cage, I think. The the scene in Hitch where he sees himself in like the hall in like the uh, aisle mirror. Yeah, <laughs> that was pretty <laughs> funny. <laughs> Underrated Will Smith movie, by the way, P- very watchable. Uh, a big fan. I am too. W- that Kevin James is much better in Hitch than he is in The Crew. Yeah, d- the Crew didn't get very good reviews. Have you checked it yet? I'll, I'll peek at it tonight. I see people keep damning me that it's uh, they can't. Uh, probably even, not. Actually, I don't. Yeah, it's all right. it, 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 Yeah, it's a it's not a free agency week watch. No. But I've gotten several DMs from people on the uh, the crew challenge, which I extended to see how long could you watch. The people say I put it on as background while I'm cleaning or watching my kid, and I can't do it. So what if I told you he got eighteen million dollars for that movie? Well, it's a series. Are you, is that really what he got? Oh, oh, yeah. I didn't know. I, oh. I just thought it was like a Netflix movie. It's a series. Maybe it's yeah. It's a series, but maybe yeah. Maybe it's part of like okay, you're in Grown Ups Five, but you also got to do this spinoff thing because we paid a Sandler fifty seven million dollars. <laughs> I feel like the Sandler movies do well. The Sandler movies do do well. Yeah. There's an old Spade one that's been on Netflix for a couple of, for a year or two that's awful, but actually it's not. It's good. It's not awful. It's good. But yeah. kind of weird. I like Dave Spade. Podcast brought to you by... Oh, no. Before we get to that, don't forget iTunes, Mailbag. Hit us up. Hit us up. Give us a review on iTunes. Put a question in it. That's how you get in the mailbag. Yep. We also got a bunch... We did a bunch of content. Would have been Monday after we dropped the podcast Sunday on free agency stuff, some Yannick and Doc way. He signed with the Raiders uh, and, and various other transit. The Niners signed, who, you know, the corners back. Who else did they sign? Yeah. J- so yeah, you said Jason Verrett. Oh, you, you Jason the, the video we did on the Ross Dwelly. Is that the one you're talking about? Oh, Ross Dwelly. Yeah. Oh, oh yeah. No, Kyle Juszczyk. I was like, <laughs> oh, yeah, Kyle Juszczyk resigned. The juice. Yeah. The juice is the juice is back. The juice is back. Uh, that's right. So the iTunes, the, uh, the YouTube Guy, the Niners have had multiple human beings in their existence that have been nicknamed Juice. Think about that. And Juszczyk's not the best one. OJ was briefly a Niner. Juszczyk's not the best one. Yeah. OJ's from San Francisco, too. Did they remove OJ's Heisman? Does that still exist? Well, he sold, didn't he sell it or maybe it got taken? Remember, I just didn't mean, get, when didn't I was scouting, walking into USC back before Reggie's Heisman got taken away, I remember walking in there and they had like four or five Heismans. It was badass. Heritage Hall. I just remember the Heisman's. It was like, this is sweet. Was OJ's one of them? Fuck yeah, it was. <laughs> he, he was awesome. I, I think OJ was like the equivalent of, might have been better than Reggie. I think OJ, Marcus Allen, Reggie. I mean, they, running back you, like Heisman you for running backs. Yeah, he did not uh, He did not violate any NCAA rules upon further no. examination. I would imagine OJ, uh, if you could 
YouTube is uh, USC highlights would probably be pretty dynamic. I don't think Arizona was tackling him. You can definitely find that commercial he did for like a, a rental car hurts in like 19. I don't even know what year. 85. Underrated like part about OJ. I've never met him, but I've been around Marcus Allen and just the guys I was around from the 90s. I bet OJ is way bigger than you think. I bet he walks to the room. He's like six, two and a half, you know, listed at six, one two twelve. I bet he's a big SOB. You don't meet many uh, six. One's a big running back. He looks thick. You know, yeah. you see him. Uh, he can play guy. I mean, he's bad guy, but he can play. Podcast brought to you by mybookie.ag promo code ham one. This is a, uh, this is a week to be on mybookie.ag promo code ham one. I've already begun. I know you, I think you've begun the process of uh, finding some uh, NCAA tournament picks. Mybookie.ag promo code ham one. Do you like uh, Michigan State to beat UCLA? UCLA has been struggling. So I, you know, here's the thing about a yes, short answer. Yes. I think that's one and a half or two. Is it two? two? Yeah. Two. two right now. My bookie. Michigan State. Um, the thing about UCLA is the games they've lost have been really close. The games they've won have been really close. Now, uh, Michigan State's had some really good wins. They've, I think they beat Ohio State. They beat Iowa. I got to go back and look. They've beaten three really good teams. Yeah. Um, so this does trend like my inclination is this going to be a close game. But yes, I do like Michigan State in that game. They're just but or- Oregon State plus uh, seven, Tennessee. Uh, from what I've been told, ten- I've not seen a lot of Tennessee, but uh, I hear they're a really bad matchup for Oregon State. Yeah. Ever since what's his name? Rick Barnes went there. They've been kicking ass and taking names. So, uh, OK, what about Syracuse? Syracuse made the tournament. I Syracuse thought they were made- terrible. Some people thought they should have been a first four team. San Diego State. So I, I, you know, um, I full disclosure have not really seen Syracuse this year. I like San Diego State, but I think the line's kind of it's not as yeah, it's three. Yeah, it's not as big as I would have hoped because San Diego State's. Yeah. Okay, here's one. This is going to be a popular bet game. I bet because Patrick Ewing talks all that shit. In New York mm-hmm. uh, wins the tournament, gets in, is now playing Colorado. You call any Colorado games this year? Yeah, I really like. I I love Colorado as a team. The problem with Colorado is that like on paper they are exactly what you want in the NCAA tournament. They got like. They're third. In the, I remember I ran the numbers. I had somebody run the numbers like a month ago. They're third in the nation at the time and three points made by guys six, eight or taller. Like they look they look like an NBA roster in terms of the way it's constructed. Senior guard. Uh, everybody can shoot threes. If they hit threes, it's a blowout. Uh, I do like it's seven or seven and a half. Um, and I think that line went from Colorado. It was minus one oh five to minus one fifteen today. I saw. So, so I do think we're hammering them. Yeah, I do think people like Colorado, but I do like Colorado because it's five, right? Is it still five? Yeah, yeah. I like okay, Colorado. Okay. What about uh, uh, Shaka like- Smart's former team against the Ducks? Yeah, I, I like I like Oregon in that game. Um, <laughs> another game, just what, what what is what is that? Like, is Oregon a what a five a four? What I think they're a seven. Okay, so that's like a seven ten. Seven ten. So those are pretty tough games. So that's not crazy VCU could win. I, I like I need a couple I need a couple money line upsets. Like so, I kind of like VCU plus 195. <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, look, I I think Dana Altman is they're just they they were really good. They lost in the in the Pac-12 tournament. They've been really good down the stretch. I'll tell you one that it seems everybody is on UCSB. So if you wanted oh, to do just give a, me a break. <laughs> if you wanted to do uh just like a it's a 12-5, everybody's on UCSB. People are like Creighton, it's been weird behind the scenes for them, blah blah blah. 
So if you wanted to just... Oh, yeah, the coach got suspended. He's back. <laughs> um, so what about Georgia Tech won the, uh, won the ACC. They're playing Sister Mary Jane, who I saw Sister Mary Jane say today. She looked at the bracket and did not find Kentucky. That, that was a quote. <laughs> what a quote. Give oil. Is that the same coach as there? Like yeah, guy's doing a fucking hell of a job. <laughs> Remember, they've got the guy. They've got the guy that when they were in the tournament, like, was that four years ago now? Three years ago now? Yeah, that everyone was like, is this guy a manager? He's kind of like heavy, like a chin strap, doesn't have a full hairline. Why guy? They had a guy that everyone's like, this guy's on the team? He was a freshman at the time. He's still there. I don't remember that. That line's three. So, I mean, Loyola's favorite. <laughs> they're, they're minus three. They must be good. Uh, I, I, yeah, they I were the a top 15, like, net team. Uh, Kent, one of the, like, all the advanced Kent metrics Palmer. had the base of the top 15, 10 or 15 team all year long. So they've been ranked, right? Uh, yeah, I don't know where they're top 25, but yes, they have been. A lot of people would say the top 25 doesn't mean anything. Ken Palm's more realistic for gambling stuff. Well, Loyola's number one in the nation defensively. Okay. Now, who do they play? Right. They play in the Missouri Valley Conference. True, but I mean, you could say the same thing about Gonzaga. It's a two bid league. Yeah. I I like it. I like that's a term that you only get around this time of year. That's a four bid league, three bid league. Yep. You know, it's like everyone says their conference sucks. Three bid league, guys. And they beat North Carolina and Kansas in the uh, non conference. That's always a Gonzaga thing. Three bit league, and they played all the big boys in the non conference, and the other big boys, they wouldn't play them. It's like, yeah, we get it. We understand. Fun times. I can't wait. Friday? Thursday. Or I guess it starts Thursday. Thursday. Yeah. yeah, I can't wait. That Michigan State UCLA game is an awesome game. Uh, so, mybookie.ag, promo code HAM1. Uh, they'll match that deposit 50%. Remember, if you accept the bonus, you'd have to bet the full amount. Before you can withdraw funds, you can also decline the bonus either way. Uh, promo code HAM1. Trent Watch continues. Um, if there was Panda Watch, this is Dancing Bear Watch. So Greg Papa apparently said, uh, Greg, but not apparently said, our buddy John Lund tweeted out on Tuesday morning. Greg Papa, our buddy, also said he's hearing that Niners have a four-year, $80 million contract on the table for Trent Williams. Uh, that was Tuesday morning. Nothing signed yet. Tuesday evening, Jason Lock and Ford tweets. Continue to hear the Trent Williams market is strong. Niners, Chiefs, Colts, and Bears all in the mix. Niners will be uh, hard to beat, but some GMs believe this could approach $23 million a year, which 20, 40, 60, 80, that's, that's the big difference there. Uh, <laughs> yep. And so. for those of you new to the show, Greg Papa is the voice of the 49ers, right? So, yep. you know, good to say I'd we got a say, lot of new people here lately. Yeah, so it's, thanks no, for you know, podcast is growing. Business is good. Uh, I, when I saw that number, my first take is I don't know if that gets it done. Right. I, I, I think it's pretty clear. Tuesday, Monday was awesome. Right. I mean, it was just action nonstop. Tuesday was pretty damn good. I think it's fair to say factoring potential money. Now, as of recording this, we don't know how much the guy's going to sign for. You know, it feels like he's going to get more than 80 and the guarantees are going to be massive. It does feel beside the quarterback, which I'd say Dak Prescott, I'm not even counting him in this class. He's his own little universe. Trent Williams is the number one free agent on the market coming into this group, right? Starting left tackle, his price is higher than everyone else. Like a lot of these contracts I see like four for 48. 14 guaranteed, you know, five for seven. You know, uh, what was uh, the guy that got the Chiefs got a lot of money? Thuney, the lineman mm-hmm. from uh, New England. 
it's a it's basically a three-year 48 million dollar deal but it was like he got five for 80 no he didn't trent williams contract is gonna be the closest thing to a quarterback contract in my opinion of all these contracts of the numbers are gonna be big and he's gonna see a lot of that cash flow and i i expect a large amount of money quarterback style right what a deck at 75 year one remember a couple years ago aaron Rodgers, 80 year one most of these like Thuny contracts are like $12 million bonus. I'd expect Trent Williams' bonus to be massive and just the amount of cash flow that first kind of 12 months to be big. And uh, uh, part of it is just supply demand. Who's after you? The demand for this player is high. You have the Colts who have a shit ton of money who need a left tackle. Bears offensive line stinks. They're kind of desperate right now for anything. Uh, who was the other team you said? The Chiefs? Chiefs. Yeah, I mean, I just... I just think they're going to be in the mix. Uh, they have obviously made a Did ton you say of money in the last couple of years. I said the Colts, yeah, yeah. yeah. and the so Niners. The like so, I think the immediately the Chiefs, they're the best team in the league, in my opinion. I know the Bucks beat them, but I mean their two tackles were out. They're, they're they had lost two games in two years and a Super Bowl champ. Like their their resume speaks for itself. You could say Tampa's maybe they're equal now. That's fine. And the Colts have a lot going for them. Like, that is a good team. They're a lot to be good. And if their quarterback is just a lot better than he's been, they could be really good. And they're paying him huge money. The Niners, I say the best thing the Niners have going for them right now is Kyle. He likes them. <laughs> and, and the Trent likes Kyle. Yeah, yeah, he likes Obviously, him. Kyle likes Trent. Keep in mind... I don't what, think they're the best. They're not the best team on this list. No. And he makes more money in these other states. I mean, when you factor in taxes, when you're talking that much money, Keep right? in mind California too, works against you a little. Like, this is technically, I guess, Wednesday at 1 is when free agent Pacific. Free agency hasn't technically started yet. Uh, I mean, it has, but I'm just saying, when David Bakhtiari signed his extension, he was on the team. It was not, he was not a free agent. He was on the team, right? And yeah. he got $61 million guaranteed at signing. When Ronnie Stanley signed his extension, he was on the team and he got $64 million guaranteed at signing. And Bakhtiari got $23 million. Uh, Sarah Guy. Sarah Guy, that's right. Hunter Bishop. And Tom Brady. Tom Brady. Uh, and he and got, Barry Lamar. And he got a $30 million bonus. So, I mean, if you're Trent Williams and you've hit free agency, you know, how. Now, those guys are a little younger. Stanley's much younger. David yeah. Bakhtiari's younger. He's. I don't know if he's 30 this year, but he's 29. Um, but Hitting I think the market, though, is a lot different than signing when you're on the team. It's been proven over and over, right? Unless you're a quarterback. Like so, if Bakhtiari had hit the market, I'd bet he'd get $25 million a year. Yeah. You know? And that's that's not that outlandish because you're only talking no. $2 million more. So how, how does Trent Williams not – how does this not settle up at what – Lock and Forrest said around $23 million a year because unlike those guys, he is a free agent. To me, it's less about... I, I'm a big proponent, and I know I've had agents argue about this with me over text. Uh, not that I'm a big like agent friend guy, but I know a couple, and they've whenever I've said this back in the day on Twitter, they've come to me and like, you know, you're, you're misinterpreting this a little bit. I think average per year is a little overrated. Non-quarterback, when you're just seeing the actual contract. When you're giving these contracts of like... Aaron Jones got four for 48, but only 13 of it was guaranteed. It's like, you know, what, what's the average per year fucking matter? But a guy like Trent Williams, when a majority of it's going to be guaranteed, 
I even think average per year is a little overrated too. Like, what is the guaranteed money? You said back PR, you got what, 62? 60? 62, yeah. Yeah, so I mean, if I'm Trent, like 65, you, you can say my average per year is 19 or 25. What if you give me 40 guaranteed? Like, what does that mean? That's right? where, but see, that's where if I were the nine, that's where four for 80 makes sense. Do you agree that the average per year can be a little overrated in the NFL when you factor in the bonuses? It can be overrated the day you sign it. It's not overrated if you make it to the end. But he's an older player. More than likely, he ain't going to play on a five-year contract, right? It, yeah, it's overrated. Like, it's not overrated. For a younger player, for sure. For an older guy that's 33 years, going to be 33, like, is he really going to play till he's 37, 38 years old at left tackle, making this money? Probably not, right? Like, uh, am I guaranteeing well, three years or four years? To me, that's the key. Well, that's where, that, so that's where four for 80 would make some sense to me. If it's four for 80, but it's really 60 guaranteed, so it's really three years that are guaranteed. So I get 33, 34, 35 years old, Trent Williams. Yeah. And maybe I add avoidable year and I fucking amortize it until like 2026. Well, I mean, they're not, you know, the Niners and everybody else are pretty good. They, they, you know. But that to me is where 4 for 80 would, would make some sense. My question is, six, was this do you think still, $60 million guarantee gets it done? I think that, yeah, I think that's pretty close. I, I, I mean, I think you could reasonably say, we're not going to pay you more than Ronnie Stanley, who's 26 years old, drafted by his own team. Yeah. But, you know, if 60 gets it done, so does 65. You know the crazy thing? I'm not... Which might be what he's saying. Like a, a bad omen a little bit. Bakhtiari signs the contract, tears his ACL in practice. Ronnie Stanley signs the contract, a total freak deal, has his leg shattered from behind. Both those two guys, this season, last fall, like just stalwarts, boom, signed historic contracts, down, down. Yeah. I, I just think Laramie that does... Tunzel signs with the Texans... They implode. <laughs> there is something with a tackle that they just in. It, it would be a very, very risky position. You have to have those guys. And Trent Williams, like, I don't know really what the Niners do without him. It is one of those positions that he's just naturally going to go down several times a game, 17 weeks a season. Your heart's in your chest. I know. Right? Like but dropping. If he's, if, you know, I, I've seen this about... I don't feel great about giving a guy that's 33 years old $65 million guaranteed that's not a quarterback. I understand. No, I'm with you. I, I, I You know, like, listen, I'm not into letting him walk, and because especially the Colts and the Chiefs, I mean, those teams were planning on trying to win the Super Bowl next year, but I do understand it. Like, this is not one of those, like, you had Jalen Ramsey, you had Devontae Adams, you had some, like, 26-year-old, and you were pinching pennies here. I just understand the conversation, though the result is it's a problem. Like, you lose your left tackle, your offensive line's in shambles. It almost feels like the Niners, their backs are against the wall, and they don't like being in this position because they're just never in this position. And they don't have a lot of options. You're right. They don't typically involve – we don't see them a lot in, in this spot. Well, think about their best team. Last – you know, the, the Shanahan team was kind of smorgasbord of just different things, but the Harbaugh squad – it was all those homegrown guys. They had done a bunch of just extensions when all those guys were young, right? And they were all like, God, Patrick Willis isn't even the highest paid guy, or Navarro Bowman, and Joe Staley, and Frank Gore, and Vernon Davis. They had a squad full of highly paid guys, but they actually weren't that highly paid. And then last year's team, they went to the Super Bowl. Think how many rookie contracts they had. McGlinchey, Warner, Bosa, uh, Debo, right? Mozart's making nothing. Even Jimmy at the time is a $22 million quarterback. Sherman's making $8 million. He's an all-pro. Like, it was a, a pretty unique roster, right? They usually are. The best ones usually are. 
Well, the, I'd say the Chiefs this year paid a lot for their squad. Yeah, but After I guess I'm saying like it. it's it's just eventually those yeah. don't those are usually one year rosters. The yeah. best once you the best once you like start championship window rosters like if the Bucks have a championship window, we'll, it'll all be about Brady. But again, they drafted so well. You know, um, you got to dra- you got to draft really well because then you can always pay them early. And New England did that forever, right? Seattle's those early Pete teams, they were able to extend all those guys well before they were free agents and get them. Team friendly is the wrong word, but just not like destroying your cap contracts. Yeah, not going to free agency with your own guys. Because yeah, it's hard, like a third round pick. Hey, I'm going to give you thirty five million dollars guaranteed, and you technically, if you wait it out another year, maybe you get to fifty. But how am I ever turned down that thirty five? Right, Kittle last year, isn't that a good example? Kittle's a great example. Yeah, I'll give you a guy that I think is younger than his age is Alex Mack. Alex Mack is obviously available as a center. He's he'll turn thirty six in November. Alex Mack has played. Say it again. He'll turn 36 in November. That's old guy. Alex Mack has played 16 games every year except for 2014. And this last year, he played 14 games since he came in the league in 09. Here's the thing about Alex Mack, John. I'm aware of Alex Mack. Follow him on Instagram for a while. Alex Mack is exceptionally flexible. I think he may just be a guy that doesn't get hurt. I think his body might be younger than other 36-year-old guys. Now, I would imagine a lot of offensive linemen are pretty flexible. Alex Mack can do the splits. So, like, Alex Mack just might have... Some guys have older bodies. Some guys have younger bodies. I think Alex Mack has a younger body. He does splits on Instagram. He's a good follow. Uh, I don't know if I've seen this. He cooks. He does some other random stuff. I interviewed him a few months ago on uh, Pac-12 Radio, and so I just started doing some searching on Alex Mack. I was like, this this guy does the splits. Young, just kind of a young. He's got your classic. If I said, guess the personality of an offensive lineman that went to Cal, you'd be like, Alex Mack? I'd be like, yep. Just kind of an energetic, fun guy. Intellectual. Yes. So anyway, this this is a Trent Williams conversation, but, you know, they're in a spot where it's, he's one of their best players. And if they don't sign him, you could say it would have been risky to sign a guy to 60 million guaranteed, Trent Williams, and you'd be right, but they will have lost one of their best players. Facts. No cap. Somebody told me no cap means no lie, but yeah. that they heard that two years ago. I think that guy tweeted as, but I heard someone saying it can mean like several different things. That's what's unique about it. Oh, yeah. Okay. John, your reaction when you saw the Raiders cut Rodney Hudson? John Gruden's crazy. Shocked. Yeah, as of this recording, we are um, we're waiting for like the the ace up the sleeve. I think because that was everybody's reaction was wait what Rodney Hudson, one of the best centers in the league on an offensive line that's already got a lot of changes, and you're not really saving any money. We don't think what's going on here. According to the Twitter accountants, they actually lose money because the dead cap was bigger than the cap hit. The cap hit was like thirteen. The dead cap's fifteen. They can earmark it. To me, regardless... He had some cash r- due, apparently, this week, tomorrow. Yeah, Rod- Rodley's, R- Rodney is easily one of their better players and one of the better centers, like you said, in the NFL. He's just a very, very good offensive lineman. If he would have been a free agent in this class, is it fair to say he would have been signed immediately on Monday? Like he would have had a contract with someone? Yeah, yep. I think he would have been signed at one of those three years, like $50 million, 25 30 guaranteed type deal. Uh, Lindsley, the center from the Packers, got pretty good money to go to the Chargers. Like, I think he, the Chargers would have probably signed him. It, I'd rather have Rodney Hudson than him. Uh, it is alarming. 
and I, I did some digging. A couple things that I heard is that Rodney Hudson, and we knew this, Rodney, since you and I were around the Raiders, Gabe Jackson and Derek, they've been really close, right? Those guys, I think, have been married since, gone to each other's weddings. Maybe Rodney already was, but definitely Gabe has and Derek has. Kids, I mean, they, they hang out. I don't think he was happy about the Gabe Jackson release. Now, Gabe, in a weird way, has been like rumored to be released or cut or traded several times the last couple of years, right? His name has kind of floated out there as like to clear cap space. So it, it, to me, that didn't come out of nowhere. But that doesn't mean he didn't take him personally. I also heard is that in, in a weird, like he can be a curmudgeon in a way that I think sometimes he'd been there six years. They don't win a lot. He's a Pro Bowl high-level player. I, like, I, I, he's a really high-character guy. I know the Chiefs, when the Raiders signed him, they loved him. Obviously, Del Rio and Derek love the guy. I just wonder if Gruden can kind of wear some people out, if that's not what you're used to coaching style, and Rodney wasn't really into it. Now, there's some reports that he asked for his way out. There have been other reports that the Raiders didn't want to give the cash. Well, you know, the $3.3 million in cash. Tafer wrote, I'm just reading it now that Hudson said he'd be willing to void the three and a half million dollar guarantee that kicked in last month. If he was released, John Gruden so said yes rather quickly as first reported by Mark Sanchez. <laughs> that's pretty nuts. You know, I, I that's pretty crazy. The Raiders save 9.9 million in cash. Yeah. And then there were several people that followed the NFL that were basically saying like, that's a big deal to the Raiders. And I think that's the elephant in the room. Listen, I used to say that all the time when they were in Oakland. I know things have changed, but this year was unique in the sense they didn't get to sell those suites and those, those seats, right? I don't think, listen, people have been calling me a Raider hater for years. I don't necessarily think this was purely money driven. I think this is more Gruden, impulsive, a crazy SOB that Rodney little negative. Obviously, if you're Gruden, the offensive coordinator, who are you dealing with the most? The quarterback and center, probably, right? You're just around those, you're just around that environment, those guys a lot. Gruden could sour on his personality. Rodney can sour on his personality. People just grow apart. When you're paying a guy a lot of money, maybe you're just like, fuck it, let's just go our separate ways. A couple texts I got today, though, were like, I don't give a shit if Rodney wants out. In pro sports, you don't just, okay, best player, see you later. Like, it doesn't, it's bad business. Like, that's just stupid. They they could have traded this guy within the last month. All these, Jared Goff got traded. You don't think you could have traded Rodney Hudson? This feels, this to me, I mean, some diehard people in the loop that are diehard Raider fans that are kind of in the loop that are also like media people of like, this is Gruden. Like, you can't just, uh, like, okay, let's all take a deep breath and just talk this out. Like, this is, Sean Payton's the Andy Reid's the Pete Carroll's like the moment Russell Wilson starts going AWOL Pete Carroll doesn't go like fucking get rid of him you just take some time take a deep breath even if you end up getting rid of him the herky-jerky nature of John Gruden is 100% not disputable at this point now right right I would imagine we'll hear some over the next few days you know one thing is the Raiders really like their rookie or their second year center Andre James well, yeah, if you liked him enough to make him your starting center, let's rewind, then you trade Rodney Hudson a month ago or whatever the case is, right? I would imagine we'll hear some of that. And I think it's fair to say that Rodney Hudson might have got like a, at least a third. I mean, maybe like a conditional second. 
But that's if you like this guy enough to replace Rodney Hudson. There's no evidence that they like this guy enough to just replace Rodney Hudson because Rodney Hudson, it's not like his, it's his idea. So well, there's no chance this guy is as good as Rodney Hudson. No. Guy. <laughs> so mean, I don't, I, I just, you just had Derek Carr. You just took a big step. Like we just ended the off season going, the good news is you kind of got your offense in order. Now you focus on your defense and then you got to go back to, you get, you're down now. Maybe uh, you, uh, you're back to the offense again and the defense. Well, how, m- how many, how many starting offensive linemen from 2020 are on the team right now? Well, Colton Miller. One. Last time I checked, there are five offensive linemen. If I told you an NBA team had just had a really good season, and I'm like, well, they only have one starter of the five back. Like that's that's a big deal for a unit that Gabe Jackson and Rodney Hudson have been really good. And Trent Brown, I had no issue with them trading Trent Brown or cutting Richie Incognito. I probably am keeping Gabe or Rodney Hudson. Now, I, I originally think maybe they're setting up to do a Russell Wilson deal. Do a little digging. Yeah, I don't think that's the case. <laughs> because that, that, what else? What else can you think? Like, why are you cutting this guy? My my conspiracy was like maybe they're cutting him so he can go to Seattle and meet Derek because they're like best friends. And then Seattle gets an effort offensive lineman. It's like doing them a favor. It's already like I've heard that's not the deal. It was just you've heard that. What you just million. described is not the deal. Nine well, step no. move. <laughs> that, that was I never even asked because that's clear. Once I heard like yeah, Russell Wilson's not coming here. I, it's crazy, guy. It to me is just John Gruden's consistency of not being a consistent individual. I think the hardest thing, and it probably I, I've really only worked in football at a radio station and in podcasting, but I think it's I, I would imagine people in in finance, people in different companies that sell, obviously in football. If you're a leader, and I mean the true boss, and the thing with the NFL. I bet many people listening work for big companies. You don't see your CEO every day. Like, if you work for the Raiders, coach, scout, sales, like, you probably see John walking around every day. Like, the CEO walks into the into the building every day. If he's all over the map, how is everyone not all over the map? Right? Like, you just, there's one thing, like, I've always heard from people that have worked for Belichick or worked for Saban. Like, you know, you got to be on your toes. But not on your toes because you never know the curveballs coming. What I was told about Saban if you work for him for two years, if in that first year, every day you take notes, you'll know what's coming next year every day because he's so consistent. Like, what happens February 12th is what happens February 12th every year. Like, he has a plan. Belichick, same thing. Belichick's big deal is, like, details. Like, don't screw it up. It's never, like, all of a sudden doing crazy shit to, like, they just cut Gronkowski. It's like, they, no, he doesn't do that. With John, at any moment... People always said this, I think, when he came back, like, get ready, anything could happen. I don't think most people believed it. And then Mac was traded and Amari was traded, and people still started not, you know, started to believe it. But even now, a couple years later, like, when I tweet out, like, keep an eye on Russell Wilson, people are like, Middlecoff, you're crazy. How can I be crazy? This guy's liable to do anything. His own brother. How can Derek Carr feel, and and you could argue he doesn't deserve to feel like stability is the wrong word, but safe. On yeah, scholarship? Safe. Yeah, on scholarship. Like, he has to be on his toes, you know, right now, right? Uh, I guess technically Gabe Jackson's still on the Raiders roster, by the way. So they haven't cut Gabe. I was told he's done. I know, that's what's been... Josina reported that two weeks ago. But Tafer wrote that he's technically still on the, trying to squeeze him or something like that. Like they're uh, trying to get a Raider post. Pay cut? I read a post. Yeah. So it's... It's very much in flux. 
And it's just very like I, I just think today is very represent. It just represents John Gruden, not his Raiders tenure, not just that. This is John Gruden. It's who he was in Oakland. It's who he was with Tampa. It's he didn't have to be anything on Monday Night Football. He could just be his personality. But like him as a coach is all over the map. And one thing's clear since he got traded to Tampa and no longer he was the boss and Al Davis didn't come, obviously like he was the GM in Oakland. And since he came back to the Raiders, he answers to nobody and whatever the fuck he wants to do at any moment's notice, he will do. Why? Because he clearly has the power to do whatever he wants. Like rare power. Like I, Kyle Shanahan couldn't just cut George Kittle today because he wanted to over like, well, are you really mad at him? No, I just, I just get him out of here. Like there would be people to talk him out of it. I think it's fair to say there is zero people to talk John Gruden out of anything that is borderline doesn't make sense. He will do what he wants to do. He's proving that every day. I would say and it's not a good thing. A coach that wins the Super Bowl with that type of personality, usually, my guess, I don't, this is just a theory, does it early in their tenure. Like you could like win it a study. He's won a championship. Yeah, he's won a championship. You know, it's hard to do a study because you're like trying to categorize personality, but that that if you get to year four, year five, year six with a coach that is kind of a roller coaster, it's too late to well, really have Tampa, great success. Right? right. You can do it early, but organizationally it's just hard over time. That's just not gonna work because you're gonna have a situation like a Rodney Hudson situation where you've got a consistent centerpiece of your franchise who has had enough. I think the craziest part about John is that the wealth, the his safety and stability with the job, he doesn't have to worry about getting fired, his age, right? He's he's gained a bunch of years since the 2003 when he won the Super Bowl. I, I don't think none of it factors into like his quote-unquote football maturity at all. Like <laughs> I bet if there, I don't know if anyone technically is around him right now that was around him in like 98, 99. But I think it's fair to say he's, his, a lot of his similarities. Like I bet Andy Reid or Sean Payton would say, yeah, I'm dramatically different than I was 10 years ago. Right. Yes. Or I just, I think you even hear Saban talk. Like it's easier for me to like get through problems and I don't get caught up in everything. It's like any human being. Like, I, you know, don't you notice it? Like every five years of your life, you're like, oh, I feel a lot more mature about it. I feel like John Gruden is just as fucking crazy, which is cool. <laughs> you know, it's entertaining to talk about, but to run a team and give him that type power, the volatility for a team that wasn't that good that he took over or just had some, you know, some maneuvers that have to be made. It's not like he took over a great roster. And clearly it feels like he takes a step forward, then he takes a couple back and... You the know, it just always rocks. What's kind of crazy is that the personality of uh, his Raiders, like his his coaching personality, is does not match how they draft. Like they draft as if they think that they're just a really stable. It's not about taking the big swing. It's about just churning along, building bricks one step in front of the other, blah, blah, right? Like, that's how they draft. Cleveland Furl, not a high, high ceiling guy, but they thought stable, good college experience. Josh Jacobs, stable. Not a He's not a high, high, high-end guy, but this is just Damon Arnett, stable. Um, every, every, I mean, consistently. John, Jonathan Abrams, stable, hard hitter. This is just, we're going to do the basics. We're going to... But they don't play that way. Like they don't operate. Trayvon Mullen, starter at Clemson, like clearly. Yeah, they don't. Know. They're not drafting like 
all these Alden Smiths. Like you would think, you know, Alden was this big project. I didn't even mean Alden as a pro. I just mean like kind Lynn of Lynn Bowden, Lynn Bowden. And he got, he yeah, got Lynn shipped Bowden. out fast. Uh, Ruggs, you could argue maybe is that, but I think a lot of people thought Ruggs might be the best receiver. I don't know. It's just to me that it's almost like they think of themselves as like a straight ahead. We're just going to pound the pavement, but then they don't, I don't know. The, the, the stuff doesn't match. Well, guy, cause back to what I was saying, when you're impulsive and I think any human being listening to this knows, like I, I know this, I, I, I was very, I still am impatient, but I, I do feel just for my own personal belief that I'm way less impatient than I was like five years ago. And I've always heard people say this as you get older, it helps you to like, you can have perspective on things and you're not always rushing. It feels like they are no When you're impatient, sometimes there's no rhyme or reason because you're just not thinking clearly. And I feel like Gruden doesn't always think clearly. Like he has some good ideas and then his like impulse takes him over. And then he's like in left field and then he, and then he's back to third base. And then all of a sudden he's in center field. It's like, John, just fucking take a deep breath. This is also, this is part of the risk of a coach being in charge of personnel. But I even think he's on the high end of pretty nuts. I agree. But there's no, where's the check in the back? I mean, you would think Mayock would, that Mayock wouldn't, you know, be susceptible to the roller coaster, but ultimately he's not in charge. Well, and the thing is like, well, I'm high stress. I'm high going. What? Isn't every coach? Like I watched something on Urban Meyer it just feels like Urban's a little bit more of a flatline or just with the everyday operation of the program. Like, I think Gruden thinks it through, like, in theory, of what is the right ways. I've been around Saban. I, I went to hang out with Belichick when I was at FFCA. I think he has all these great ideas. I don't think he's good enough. Good enough's the wrong word. I don't think he's patient enough to see a lot of them through. And then I also think the wrong word like words now, back to myself, and I'm not comparing myself to Gruden, but back in the day, a word could trigger me fast. And for the most part, I feel like I, I'm pretty, okay, I'm not going to go fly off the handle. It feels like Gruden at 55. Yeah, something can set him off. That wasn't the word? No. <laughs> I don't even mean a word. I just oh. mean like, it is, as you get older, know, you should be able to like, but a this, guy saying, screw you, trade me, shouldn't set you off. Like, hey, just take a deep breath. Yeah. But maybe this one wasn't just screw you, trade me, right? Maybe this one's been kind of I don't even mean screw like, you, trade me. I, I just mean. No, I know. What I'm can, saying can is John maybe this was not Can John ever just go, a, hey, my can we take five days to relax? Th- but maybe this was not a moment. Maybe this has been several months in the making. Which, again, if it was, then deal with it. Fix it. Well, they, ha- they handled it poorly then. Fix it could be traded, but cut them, lose the grid center and money. John needs to take some like pills to chill him out. <laughs> the doctors give those out. John, let's tell the people about sleepnumber.com slash ham. You know who's sleeping good these days? Belichick, Kyle Juszczyk, uh, blank checks. Sleep like them with sleepnumber.com slash ham. You know who else is sleeping pretty good though, guy? Mm. And we don't have the, those three guys' monies. Uh, me and you, because I have a sleep number bed. You have a sleep number bed. What What's the setting you keep yours at? I like to get, I like to stay in the low to mid eighties, like uh, Jeff Weaver. Yeah, <laughs> because you, you know you like it or like concrete. It I, I I like it. Jared was the slow one. Was it Jeff? I like it pillow soft. I'm a pillow soft guy. Uh, I like to be right around ten. I, you can't beat it. Sleep number. Here's the thing, guy. They've done studies that sleep number sleepers, hundred more hours proven quality sleep a year. Do you know the, the advantage of having a good night's sleep and not a good night's sleep? That can be the difference of closing a deal. 
That could be the difference of getting a job. That could be the difference of not getting not in a fight snapping with on, how about your just wife, not, your yeah. kids. Yeah, not I mean, just somebody. just feeling better. How, do you notice when you have a good night's sleep, just how much more easygoing you are in the day and happy you are mm. when you have a bad night's sleep? You're kind of on edge. I get on edge if my morning isn't productive. Then it just kind of dovetails into a whole day of, you know, wallowing in my own unproductive misery. Well, that's why you get a sleep number bed. You never have that happen. That's right. You get a great night's sleep. How do you beat it? The new sleep number, 360 Smart Bed, designed to make life-changing differences in your health and wellness from $9.99. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com slash ham, the access to all the sleep IQ information. Uh, Like John said, that's how they know that you get 100 hours more of proven quality sleep sleepnumber.com slash ham sleepnumber.com slash ham podcast also brought to you by DraftKings. We, oh. we have had a few people hit us up like where's the honda classic game so maybe we'll fire up a small one i don't want to go full big old you know players championship of kind of In- interesting field interesting field and it's you know you're coming off the high of the players championship and you get the ncaa tournament which i'm waiting for the wednesday games to clear out I think those are NIT games, so I can. I think I'll make a basketball game, a small basketball game. We'll try it out. Ain't still like a basketball game in DraftKings. Sign up with code Ham, John. Uh, whether we've got a game or not, sign up with code Ham because DraftKings is doing it big this week. You know, three weeks Thursday till the Masters. Three weeks oh, Thursday wow. till the Masters. So it's. I, I, I say go we go big, big, extra, big, big extra. that week. Uh, the tournament finally here, obviously, like I said, and listen to this. When you enter the free DraftKings $1 million survivor pool, you could get a shot at winning $10,000 for every upset. And we know there are going to be a ton of upsets. You could argue this year might be more upsets, especially some of those middle seeds than ever. It's easy to play. What do you think about that logic? Uh, It's interesting. Yeah, it's good logic. I've heard the opposite logic that (laughs) because there aren't going to be like the small seeds aren't going to have like a whole stadium rooting for them. Gotcha. Gotcha. But whatever. Good po- I don't good point. Good point. Good point. Uh, so it's easy to play. Just pick one, uh, one per day, one team per day. If they win, you survive in advance, guy. That's key. Survive in advance. Last person standing is the winner. DraftKings is a safe, secure app. You can deposit money, withdraw your funds at your convenience. Trust me. We know we, we guy has like $800 on that thing. Yeah, it's withdraw at any moment. <laughs> 710 now. <laughs> Might need to convert that to a, I don't know. Yeah, put it in a, Bitcoin. A mutual fund. <laughs> <laughs> I should put it. I can get, uh, let's see, for 750 bucks. what can I get? One one-hundredth of a Bitcoin? Well, some days the Bitcoin's like 65,000. Some days it's like 52. It, it goes, it goes, varies. Yeah. So you're not getting much. Maybe I'll get no. some Ethereum. I can get some Ethereum. I can get like uh, half an Ethereum get the, coin. Get, get the uh, Dogecoin. I'll get some Doge. <laughs> that Mark Cuban accepts it at uh, Mavericks games. Really? You want to get a tri-tip sandwich at a Mavericks game? Pay with Dogecoin. 900 Dogecoins. Because a Dogecoin is like five cents. <laughs> uh, when I lived in Turkey, the exchange rate was like 2000 I mean, it was, I don't even, I was a kid, but I just remember it being $6 for a family meal. The exchange rate was like a dollar. It was like 2,500 lira or something. I mean, it's, people around the world have been dealing with Dogecoin level uh, ratios for a long time. <laughs> exactly. So get into the week action. Download the DraftKings app now. Enter ham. During sign-up and enter to win free uh, free $1 million survivor pool. Again, that's code HAM to enter DraftKings free $1 million survivor pool. Eligibility restrictions and terms and conditions apply. See DraftKings.com for details. All right, John, let's get on to some other stuff. We, we, we're like, uh, this is like a Jeff Schwartz, Duke Mayweather uh, tweet uh, podcast so far today. Just nothing but alignment. 
<laughs> Welcome to Haberman and Middle Coffee Alignment School. Uh, I love it. All right, how about this? Michael Lombardi on with uh, Rich Eisen. Speaking matter-of-factly, I you heard it, I heard it. You can go find it. Was not uh, being overly dramatic, I didn't think. Wasn't being hot takey. Said of Deshaun Watson, he doesn't want to play for the Jets. He doesn't want to play for the Dolphins. He wants to go to San Francisco or Denver. You know, Rocky Mountain High, Colorado. Uh, I, I think San Francisco is much more equipped, especially when you factor in their coach, new GM in Denver could get weird. But it also gets down to who's going to trade the most. Also, it takes two to tango. You know, I, I, Deshaun has, has wanted out, it feels like, since the second round of the playoffs. I mean, it feels like we've known about it for a long time. He is not in control of that, despite being able to control where he goes because he has no trade clause. Are these, is Preacher Easterby and Nick Casario ever going to do anything? That to me is the question mark. I, I think they are great wild cards. I, I think he's going to get traded at the draft, but I wouldn't put like $1,000 on it. Would you agree with that? Like they, they are, we don't have any, because whenever we talk, Easterby is an ultimate wild card. No one knows anything about that guy. But I'd even say Casario, because a lot of people do when they talk about moves, they go, well, in New England. Well, in New England, you mean when Bill Belichick did it? <laughs> like, I, I don't know what Casario was doing. I don't, maybe he was recommending half the things they did to do the opposite. I, I think it's easy to go, well, in New England, obviously he, I'm sure when you spend 20 years around Belichick, and there are so many pictures, especially over the last decade of hit that chiseled jaw next to Bill. I, I'm not, I'm not acting like he just fell into this job. It was clear he was Bill's right-hand guy and spent a lot of time. But just because you're someone's right-hand guy doesn't mean you're on the same page with philosophical stuff on everything and definitely on certain moves, right? I I think it would be dumb to assume what Casario's going to do just because, like, this is what Belichick would do, right? Because Casario's in charge of this, whether Deshaun gets traded. I mean, we yeah, but then you've got the Easterby factor. Like, Deshaun's made the organization look bad. So as they say, we're going to wait it out. We're going to convince him that he wants to, that we want him to stay. The other thing we don't know is if Deshaun decides he's not showing up and uh, Casario says, I've, we've had enough. What are we wasting time for? We could get a bunch of stuff from somebody. Let's do it. Does he have the authority to do that? Or does Easterby say, you know what? I know I like to say, turn the other cheek. But no, I want to make this guy suffer. He has embarrassed us. We'll let him sit out. He'll just be on our team again next year, and he'll have another year on our team next year. Let's play chicken with this guy. Um, I did, I've watched a lot of Easterby videos, John, so I, I know what he says. They're, they're a hard to watch guy. Okay? They're actually super uncomfortable. I, I get very, very uncomfortable watching him. His, his outfits are always pretty weird. Super weird. And like probably way more expensive than you think they should be. I would imagine so too. But my, but I, I mean, I'm making a bad joke. Uh, but I, I think they, I don't. We don't know. Like from an emotion standpoint, do they want to? Are they going to get in a situation where where they're playing chicken with Deshaun because the egos are big, or is Casario going to be cold blooded about it and go, no, I don't think he's showing up. Let's move on. That's what we don't know. Um, I how how. It's always it's it's one thing to hold out in March. It's another thing to do it when the season starts. I got to tell you, now this is what Deshaun's angle would be. He would want me if I were the Texans to feel this way. But me sitting here, I'm pretty confident Deshaun's not showing up. I am too. Like I think he's serious. 
Well, I, I'm not saying that it makes zero sense to keep him. Or excuse, maybe I'm wording that wrong. It would make zero sense to not trade him before the draft. Like that's what they should do. I am just factoring in that I, I don't know what these guys. They have no history. You know, I mean, Casario technically does, but unless you work for the Patriots, you don't know really what he thinks. Like what, you watch some of his moves. Like they signed Mark Ingram. They signed Tyrod Taylor. They did that. That could you know check a box. They did just sign uh, a contingency plan. They can at least get him through a season. I guess. Right? Yeah. You you would not sign Tyrod Taylor, even if the, the it was $12 million and it's actually six. If you're starting quarterback, now this year Deshaun only makes 10. But with Deshaun's your starting quarterback, you would not sign an expensive backup quarterback. It wouldn't make if okay, he was coming. So you're right. Let me rephrase, I guess, to that feels like the contingency plan is if Deshaun doesn't show up, not for when we trade Deshaun. Yeah, I'm not saying they would try to win with Tyrod Taylor. They just realize we don't exactly know how this thing's going to play out. We we have a chance to get a veteran quarterback that can start games, just get him now and then figure it out as the dust set, you know, as we plow through this thing. It is hard for Deshaun to make a stink right now, right? What what can he do? There is no There's nothing tangible to like. Yeah, not show I mean, up typically, to, yeah. typically the uh, the first phase of the workouts start within the next couple weeks. Now, I think it's still up in the air if the NFL is just going to kick that off. Last year, they canceled it all. I think it's, I do imagine there are going to be some sort of workouts at team facilities, but I do wonder if like teams like want to pay for all the testing right now or they just keep working out on your own and we'll figure it out maybe in a month or two. But if that was the case, it would be, he wouldn't show up to that and that would immediately be a story, right? So, to me, if there's nothing to not show up to, I, I don't know what else he can do at, his, at at this moment to prove his point and force his way to San Francisco. Because I think back to the Niners, clearly if he was available for trade and they said, we'll trade him to you, they would give whatever they needed to give. But I just don't know if it's possible. Like, you can't you can't buy someone's home if they won't sell it to you. I mean, that, the Niners want him. Of fucking course they do. But if they won't trade him to him, like, I, I don't really know how this story goes. Like, at least with the, with the Russell Wilson story, he gave his teams... The Bears went at him. It was like, we were like, could the Raiders still be a sleeper? We know the Cowboys are out, and we know the Saints just can't get them. With this, it's like, well, if they're not picking up the calls or they're not willing to even discuss, what can you do if you're the Niners? You just keep well, staying in position, but... This is where, you know, just listen to you talk, this is where you potentially gain leverage if you're the Texans, if you're dead set on keeping them around. You just stay quiet? Well, if the Niners end up drafting Trey Lance or Justin Fields, that hurts Deshaun's leverage. That's, you know, it's like, is this Deshaun's way? Is this story, does, does Deshaun want this out there as a signal to the Niners not to do something that would prevent them from being a destination? When the Dolphins say we're set with Tua, although I guess they would change it, but when the Jets draft Zach Wilson and the Niners draft Justin Fields, that hurt. You saying they trade up to get him? Yeah, I'm just saying, like, if they trade up to get him, Deshaun Watson, as crazy as it sounds, probably off the table. He is off the table if they trade up to get Justin Fields. Unless yeah, the, you're just you a trade a, a Justin Field. Unless the yeah, unless the Texans want to do a Justin Fields for Deshaun Watson trade. Yeah, but, but I just, wouldn't, wouldn't have you the just take left to do it because they trade. Yeah, it wouldn't up. you just take your chances with this cheap quarterback that you clearly liked a lot to trade yes, up for? And just I'm just saying it out? it's in Deshaun's interest for the Niners to know that he wants to go there before they get another quarterback that would then make them not an option for him. I agree there. The problem is 
how do you force the people in charge of the Texans to act? Because if they don't want to act, you, like you, they you know can't. all this, they know everything. They know all the scenarios. For as much as we make fun of Bald Easterby and you know Jawline Casario, they do understand the situation. I just don't know if they're dead set on not trading them or at least just making it ugly. The, the Niners, this is where I think you just you just kind of got to operate. And if it you just keep your options open as long as you can, but you have to have contingency plans to like go the other way, right? Because Right now, they don't have to do anything. But once you get to the draft, and I had heard rumors maybe they trade up before the draft. Uh, and that's just kind of speculation. Who knows? If if they were to do that, meaning if you get to 12 to 3, you don't have the ammo anymore to trade for Deshaun Watson before you even draft a player. Right. So that there are, and even if you trade up, let's say you trade up the, that week of the draft. You get to three. Once you know all the dust settled, you know exactly who's what and you know what players there and your cap situation. And then it's like, hey, we'll trade you to Sean Watson. You're like, well, fuck, we just we traded pick twelve and next year's one and a three. Like, this is all we got. It just complicates the situation. This is why I've said from the jump, and anyone with a brain, it would behoove the Texans if you know this guy's never showing up for you to do the deal. You don't have to do the deal right now, but I would say over the next month, right? To have start having dialogue, I I don't it, know what I think. Does that does it inevitably end up that way? Which way? That we just get reports over the next couple weeks that they're going to start. They're going to have conversations with people. I think they're crazy not to do it before the draft. You and I have talked about this. The, the money you save, the whatever. I I think it'd be nuts. But they might believe that they can convince them to stay. And if they believe that, then. I would say I, I think I think you might be wrong. I think he's not going to show up, but they do have a lot of leverage. And if they be, if they believe they can get him to stay, then I can't tell them, well, you shouldn't believe that because they're the ones trying to talk to him and his agent. Now, I, I, even David Culley was like, oh, he's our quarterback for now. I think he's traded at some point because I think he's dead set me, on it. To me, it's pretty simple. If the Niners are to trade for Deshaun Watson, I mean, it's arguably one of the biggest transactions in, in their franchise history. In NFL history. Right. We talked yeah. about it with Russell Wilson the other day. These guys don't get traded. Right? Yeah, for sure. I mean, they, just, they don't get traded. So, And unlike Russell, he's way younger, right? Percentage you think, do you, do you think Deshaun Watson ultimately is a quarterback of another team? Percentage you think yeah, high. he is. I, I mean, I would say like 80. He's on yeah. the other team. I, I just, what if I wanted to go devil's advocate? I He's torn his ACL twice. You could go devil's advocate because the price is going to be really high. He has torn. He has multiple ACL tears. I think early on in college and then obviously in the NFL. Yeah. It's not nothing. It's not nothing. But I, again, maybe I'm a bad negotiator from the team perspective. I'm buying his bluff right now. I don't know if it's a bluff, but I'm buying he's not. I'm with you. Free agency bonanza, John, and uh, the Patriots tired of sucking. How about this? Adam Schefter tweeted in less than 24 hours, the Patriots guaranteed over one hundred thirty seven and a half million dollars. It's the second most guaranteed money ever handed out in a free agency signing period in NFL history. And that's before free agency actually begins. The most ever spent in free agency was, in fact, the Dolphins last year. They spent $147.2 million. Second most, the 2019 Jets spent $131.4 guaranteed. 
um, of the top five teams in guaranteed dollars. Two of them are the Jets. Three of them missed the playoffs. None of them won a playoff game. But this is Belichick. You know what all three of them have in common when I hear those three teams? Hmm. Ridiculously rich owners. Yeah. The other two, I the mean, Giants and the Bears. Actually, the Bears don't quite fit that profile, but you're right. The Bears, actually, from what I've just known people there, have been historically kind of cheap. They don't spend that much money, like, you know, on their hit or miss. On, they, they, but the franchise makes a ton. So whenever they want, like, they can go get a Julius Peppers. They can go pay big money. Also, that year, 2018, was that the Khalil Mack signing? Yeah, so. $90 million. So, I mean, one player accounted for a large percentage yeah. of it. Um, I, I think it, this is twofold. One, I, I really think it speaks to the crafts. Enormous riches. And what Belichick, this is where Belichick and Brady, whatever you paid them the last decade wasn't enough. Obviously with Brady it wasn't, but Belichick's underpaid. Can you imagine the money they made? They made the playoffs every year, and a lot of those times they hosted AFC Championship games. meant they hosted multiple playoff games, the cash they raked in. And then all the Super Bowl bursts, win or lose. Like, ask Jed York, losing a Super Bowl sucks, but it doesn't totally suck when it comes financial. Right? Especially for the top seed to- playing home games. Yeah, fuck yeah. And the Patriots typically were the top seed playing home games. I think a couple off the top of my head, the Bronco game they lost and the Chiefs game they lost. But they were still making large runs and cashing huge checks. The other thing is just that this team needed a talent influx. But you just said he, you opened up this by saying they were tired of sucking. What do you like? What is what do the Niners and Raiders think? Tired of sucking? Yeah. You guys went it's all relative. It's all relative. That that was a suck fest for Belichick, and he's tired of it. He's over it. He's getting players back. Like, and I talked to a buddy, a pro scout today on the phone, and he's like, "I like everything the Patriots did. You know, so they didn't sign like big ego stars. Like, they're not signing like all pro guys. They're guaranteed money added up because they signed so many of yep, them. They signed, a but lot they of didn't. Guys. They weren't given like seventy million dollars. Changed their team. players. Nelson Aguilar, Kendrick Bourne, Hunter Henry, Janu. Is it Janu? Is that how you say it? Janu Smith. Janu Smith. Yeah. Love the spelling. Matt Judon. They get Hightower back, right? Yeah, and well, they DBs get all their COVID good. returns. That's right. So they, they trade for Trent Brown, who I think makes 9 or $10 million, which I, I would imagine is part of that because they guaranteed his salary like 9 or $10 million. They, they won a Super Bowl with him at left tackle. When I see them doing all of this stuff, this to me is not the team you build around Cam Newton. They, there is another quarterback move. There's a quarterback move in them. And obviously, is there, though? They, they, I mean, you I get two so. tight ends. I don't think you Cam. Look, I thought Cam would be back on the Patriots. I think Cam could be better this year than he was last year with the Patriots. But I also think you do all of this stuff to what? Win a first round playoff game? I mean, you're trying to win a Super yeah. Bowl? Well, I mean, but when you say win a Super Bowl, you do have to have one of the elite signal callers to win a Super Bowl. So unless they had. I, I think they'd be hard pressed with any of their options to win a Super Bowl. If I tell you they got Jimmy Garoppolo, you think they're just a Super Bowl team? <laughs> no, I don't think they're an automatic Super Bowl team. But how much did Cam Newton ultimately? How much did they spend on their quarterback? Well, five million bucks. Yeah, I, I just how many teams who really are well, trying you to leave win your options open, but they're they're kind of in a they're kind of stuck. Yeah, like I just think they're going to do something else at quarterback. That's all I'm saying. Well, I've been saying forever they're going to get Jimmy Garoppolo, and until it happens, maybe I'm wrong if the Niners don't move on. If Jimmy Garoppolo's not on the Niners, he's going to be on the Patriots. And then I, I actually look at the Patriots like... One thing I saw, this narrative on social media, was like, what are the Patriots doing this for? They're the third best team in their division. The Miami Dolphins won 10 games last year. 
And I watched, I feel like, more Miami Dolphins game in 2020 than I had in five years. They won a lot of those 10 games with Fitzmagic. The other guy that is now their starting quarterback, because Ryan Fitzpatrick is with Washington, was not good. You knew Bill Belichick would send a town car to to make sure he was in the starting lineup and fucking running out the tunnel would be Tua. Do you know who he probably didn't want to see or Kyle didn't want to see or Gruden didn't want to see? Fitzmagic. Because whenever that guy came into the game or started a game, he was playing awesome. Like, that's the Dolphins. To me, the Bills, right before we started this podcast, they are gonna they might trade for Zach Ertz. They got Emmanuel Sanders. The Bills are good. The Bills are probably a 12. I got to add the new math. 13 and 13 and four. Like they're a 13 and four type team. They're good. The, the, to me, the Bills have a chance to compete with the Chiefs for the best record in the AFC. If you told me the Bills are the number one overall seed, especially when fans come back, I can believe it. The Chiefs probably be pretty good too, but I, I think the Bills could win a ton of games. How are the Miami Dolphins like for sure better than the Patriots with Tua? Tua might be good. I, I'm not. I try to do this a lot in my head. Like, I'm not going to totally shit on the guy coming off. Mel Kuyper had a good point. Coming off a major injury. Should have read a pretty good Mel, player. Mel, Mel Kuyper was on the podcast, told us that. Yeah. <laughs> but I, we do have to come to grips with the chance that he just, he's not as good as the hype thought pre-injury, right? And he definitely not. Ryan Fitzpatrick was really good for him last year. We watched their team. It's like, well, they don't, it's not like they got Jason Taylor or it's not like they got, you know, these star players right, of yesteryear. They don't have Ricky Williams at running back. Like, they didn't have that many blue-chip guys. They were just beside a couple corners. They were well-coached. They were tough. They played well on special teams. <clears throat> I remember watching them one game, and they had, like, multiple special teams and defensive touchdowns. I remember doing a podcast after a game where they had, like, three non-offensive touchdowns. And they That's just how they... Oh, it, I had them in fantasy that week. Yeah, it was... It was, was against the... I can't remember who it was against, but it was impressive. Like a punt return and a block punt. Like they do that stuff, which I think their coach is good. I would imagine most analytic guys tell you that stuff doesn't really translate year to year. Right. Right. They won a lot of weird games yes, last year. I think that's, I think that's a good point. I think that's probably the same way people talk about, you know, relievers who only pitch, you know, 45 innings or something like that. The 60 innings over the course of a year. A guy with a three-point shooting percentage of 60% who shot 33s all season. Right. You know, it's just, we'll see. But to me, their biggest question mark is, like, their quarterback might not be good. Like, I, I just, I saw Cam not very good, and they won seven games, and we think he's going to be healthier this year, no corona, much added talent. If you had to bet right now, how would you not bet on the Patriots to be better than the Dolphins? I think Belichick feels pretty good about his playoff chances. He beat the Raiders this year with the Cam Newton. Like, he already thinks, like, I I can, okay, get me against Baker Mayfield. I'll handle my own. Like, Roethlisberger's kind of falling apart. Why can't I be a 6-7, you know, seed? Mm -hmm. just, just get me in the dance. You think people want to coach against me? No. I, I, I think It'll be hard be for them to win the division. It'll be hard for them to win the division. They won't. But I think they'll be back in the playoffs. Which is, I think, pretty impressive. Now you pay all this money, you better be in the playoffs. I mean, yeah, look, should we right now they're plus four hundred to win the to win their division. Bills minus one seventy five, Dolphins plus two eighty. I'm just in my bookie.ag. I'm just trying to find out. I, I feel like the Bills are like the Chiefs when the Chiefs finally got Mahomes. Like their team was already set up. Like unlike Josh Allen was already there, but it took them a couple of years to really figure it out. If they get Ertz, Emmanuel Sanders, Diggs, a little running back they got, their defense, they re-signed the linebacker. McDermott's just good. I, is it crazy to think the Bills are like a 14-win team? 
If Josh again, Josh Allen needs to maintain. They didn't lose a coach, right? Dable's back. I think the Bills could be a powerhouse next year. The fans going. Think about their fans. That that place is going to be bananas. Plus fourteen hundred. I'm agree. I'm just trying to find a my bookie uh, Patriots bet, but there's not. There's just win the divisions, win the con- win the uh, conferences right now. So, yeah, I just I, I I probably couldn't bet them to win the division. I like unless them. you I, told me they trade for Jimmy, and then I'm like maybe with the two quarterbacks they could be competitive. I, I, look, this Bill being he's going to be on a mission. This I Bill think. being he's aggressive be on in a free agency means he's going to be aggressive in the draft too. We, but he's got good picks, right? It's not like well he's got to come up from 28. Like no, he's at 15. <laughs> I've seen teams come from way farther away to get high. Yeah, It's the first year, and this is what happens when you go to the AFC Championship Super Bowl every year. He, I keep thinking, when I keep saying the Raiders, like I always say like 15, because that's usually where they are. I never When I think the Patriots, like I never think 15. I always think, oh, they're like 26. Right. <laughs> they're 15th guy. What if Bill drafts a couple good players? What if he? What if he's able to get Jimmy, Jimmy and Cam, and just has like two or three good, just like Debo Samuel types, right? Just some impact players. Like so, damn. Bill just drafted a receiver. No, I just I've just tried to think of like a solid like uh, Josh Jacobs. I don't know. You just throw out like a Maybe guy another that's just immediately solid. Someone I, I got to look at their draft. I guess they drafted a bunch of tight ends last year. <laughs> Obviously, they're not any good. The one thing you will say for Belichick. He's the best at it, I think, in all of sports. No one pivots faster once he thinks you're not good, right? Like, I think those two signing Kendrick Bourne and Nelson Aguilar, what's this? Like, yeah, Nelson, I missed on Harry, whatever, I'm out. It's also easier. He can pivot because his he doesn't hand out contracts. He doesn't overcommit. But I even think with his like his draft picks, he doesn't hold well, on. Like if you're too. a bust yeah. at first round, he'll just. Yeah. But but again, he's not drafting like guys third overall. It's easier to yeah, it it's easier to yeah. pivot when you just basically like, well, we're drafting here. Let's try this guy out. Yeah, you know, like, I knew I couldn't get Nikhil the second round pick, so I took him there. Yeah. I didn't even love him that much. Whatever. Nike like, liked him. <laughs> I didn't even really like him that much. The dog. I'm gonna give you the same advice I gave my buddy who just called me recently because he was getting a vasectomy. He just came from the doctor. They said, they told me I got to shave. I said, gotta get two more like it. And I sent him the lawnmower 5.0 from Manscaped. It's going to be the MVP for him and for you this March. Go to manscaped.com and use the code ham to get 20% off and free shipping. Get the performance package 5.0 ultra, and you'll be the Cinderella story of March. The lawnmower 5.0 is strong until the last stroke with a battery that lasts the entire tournament, a waterproof design and interchangeable skin-safe blade heads that guarantee smooth ball handling every time. To top it off, the performance package throws in two free gifts, boxers 2.0 and the new toiletry bag. So get 20% off and free shipping with the code ham at manscaped.com. That's 20% off and free shipping. Manscaped.com, code ham. When things get hairy, make sure to call on Manscaped in clutch time. Get on the Prize Picks app, just like me, and use the code ham50 for a first deposit match of up to $100. Football season's over, but hoop season is getting hot. Tournament season or the fight for playoff home court, there's no shortage of high stakes basketball moments this time of year. So get in on the excitement with Prize Picks, America's number one fantasy sports app. And you can get it on baseball too. I've got some season long, more or less picks on multiple stat projections on home runs. Uh, not off, not feeling great about Shohei less than 38 and a half right now, but. 
I put that one in the app just because I wanted something to root against with the Dodgers. Prize Picks offers injury insurance so that your entries stay live even if one of your players get injured. So hoops, somebody leaves in the first half, no problem. Injury insurance. And on Prize Picks, you can win up to 100x your money with as little as four correct picks. I love it. It's download the app today. Use code HAM50 for the first deposit match of up to $100. Butcherbox.com slash HAM helps you make good decisions. Last night, I was thinking about ordering out, and then I reached into the freezer, grabbed some ground beef, and all of a sudden, it was homemade taco night. With ButcherBox, you don't have to worry about what's for dinner. ButcherBox is offering all of you your choice of weeknight meal essentials. You get peace of mind with ButcherBox because it's high-quality meat and seafood you can trust. You get the ultimate convenience because it's delivered right to your door with free shipping, as always, and you get the ultimate customization. Your customization might be, I don't know what to do. Send me the good stuff. And they send you the good stuff, curated. Right now, go to butcherbox.com ham and use the code ham, and you'll get either three pounds of chicken thighs, two pounds of ground beef, or one pound of premium steak tips for free in every order for a year. Plus $20 off your first order. Sign up at butcherbox.com slash ham and use the code ham to choose your free offer and get $20 off. Tacovas, oh yeah. I was just looking at some pictures of a concert Luke Bryan, my wife and I went to, I don't know, 10 years ago. She had some old cowboy boots on. This is a couple weeks ago, and I said, you, you need some new boots because we're going to see Luke Combs. So she went to Tacovas. Com, and they're just perfect. She loves them. You can do the same. You go to Tecovas.com. These boots are Austin designed, Texas tested, handmade down in the boot capital of the world, Leon, Mexico. If you've ever wondered, can I pull off cowboy boots? Then you should pull on a pair of Tecovas and you'll see they'll become your new favorite footwear. Cowboys knew what they were doing when they invented Western wear. And it's all kinds of Western staples. Trucker jackets, the perfect jeans to go with your boots. Performance pearl snaps, cowboy hats, bandanas, you name it. They'll get you outfitted. If you can't make it to a store, Tecovas delivers the most premium quality, most comfortable Western goods right to your door. Visit Tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com and point your toes west. Let's talk about the QB market. Um, the, uh, The Bears signed Andy Dalton, John to what appears to be a real $10 million contract with it's real. another $3 million of incentives, which they would die for him to hit. Oh. Michael Silver tweeted, uh, resident of Davis, California, tweeted, uh, the Bears made a very aggressive series of offers for Russell Wilson, and the Seahawks elected not to trade the QB. Once the Bears were convinced the trade would happen, they moved on and signed Dalton. In theory, they could still add another QB, likely via draft, and then Silver added below that, the Broncos and Niners also pursued Dalton before he signed with the Bears. Of course, he signed with the Bears. They gave him $10 million. How much was he making on the Cowboys last year? I thought like two or three. Massive raise. Guy, the Cowboys season for him did not really go that well. Whenever I watched, I thought, this is not the Andy Dalton that I remember when he was on the Bengals, and he was pretty good. And I'll never forget going to the Raiders game. And this is what I think gets lost about Andy Dalton. is because people go, you know, he, he led the Bengals to the playoffs four times. Going to the Raiders game in 2015, Jack Del Rio's first year, they were opening week against the Marvin Lewis Bengals team. That team came out of the tunnel for warm-ups, and I've stood in a lot of tunnels for warm-ups. They are, uh, I've probably been to 75 NFL games on the sideline. Maybe not that many, maybe 50. 
where I've stood on the sideline, maybe 70, and teams walk by, they're a top five looking squad, that squad, that year. Remember their two their, tackles? Their teams were Andrew Whitworth when he was way younger, or at least younger, and the big Andre Smith. movie guy from, yeah, from, uh, but they, they just had, Eifert was good, A.J. Green in his prime, they, uh, they had the little running back was good. All their DBs, Pac-Man Jones was slamming Amari Cooper. Just their squad, like it, walking out the tunnel. If you put Roethlisberger or Deshaun Watson or like an elite quarterback on that roster, they're going fifteen and one. So I think part of it when you go, Dalton was leading teams in the playoffs. His teams were stacked. That team went twelve and four. What one thing that I'll give Mike Brown credit when they traded Carson Palmer, they parlayed those picks and like rebuilt the squad. And Marvin Lewis did a good job. I just find Andy Dalton is just a diminishing, trending down player. And, and maybe he, maybe I'm doing him a disservice. Like he was fine. You know, he's probably like 15 to 20 in the league at that time with the Bengals. But when you're like the 18th best quarterback and your team's loaded, you can go 12, 13 wins. But when you're like last year, when the Cowboys were having issues, it was like, they don't have a shot. The Bears, all this pressure. Like to me, Fitzpatrick goes to the Washington uh, football team. $10 million too. If I had to have a one-year contract with one of those two guys, I, I'm not even flinching I'm taking Fitz. Again, maybe I'm a little jaded because I watched Fitz look like Dan Marino against the Niners. I watched Sean, him multiple I, times come in for Tua just slaying it around. Like, he's just better player. I don't think it's close. <laughs> yeah, I don't either. I, I had someone in the league tell me today, like, I might rather have Tyrod Taylor for six than Andy Dalton for 10. And I was like, yeah, I don't think you're crazy. Remember, Tyrod went 9-7 on that average Bills team. I mean, is he going to sign for less? Is Mitchell Trubisky going to sign for less money than this? Well, they just I, chose. I, I don't. Here's the difference. I think the Bears, it was unique, right? They, they couldn't bring Mitch back as a starter. Where they can at least in their head, this is wrong. I, I think Ryan Pace is a bad GM. Be like, Middlecoff, you're just Nagy's guy. Well, Nagy's not in charge of the roster. Pace is. I think he's a terrible general manager. And they couldn't bring Trubisky back. The difference is like Fitzpatrick, right? The Washington football team says, yeah, we might draft a guy, but you're definitely going to get the opportunity to start. They're not lying to him. They may trade up in the draft or whatever, but Fitzpatrick, I'll be shocked if he's not at least starting week one. I don't know if anyone's going to tell me this is, I know you think Mitchell's worth more. And I think he's more talented than like Andy Dalton or Tyrod Taylor. I just don't think any team is going to tell him they're going to be the starter. So if you're not telling me to be the starter, I'm not going to pay you that much money. That's the difference. If I'm not telling Mitchell he's the starter, yeah, part of giving these guys Mitchell ten million dollars to be my backup is that what you're saying? And yeah, Mitchell like doesn't Andy want and Fitz, Andy and Fitzpatrick are starting week one. Mitchell is not gonna. No team is gonna say he's a starter right now. It may end up that way with an injury or the rookie sucks. I, I just I'll be shocked if he gets more than five million dollars. I think Mitchell. Unlike those, like Andy Dalton's career is kind of on the line. If Andy Dalton has a devastating season, like his career could just be over. Fitzpatrick's old. Mitchell, to me, could do the Mariota and kind of resurrect his career. The Jameis, like I, potentially. If, if you told me Mitchell went to the the Chiefs for like two years, three million dollars, I'd be like, that's a smart move. Or the Niners, like two years, four million dollars, I'd be like, that's a smart move. It's easy for me to say that, but it's like, I don't think people are beating down Mitchell's door to give him 10 million. Yeah. I mean, that's it's, about actually getting better. 
Like, but Jameis did that. Yeah. Jameis did that. Going right, going to play for Andy Reid though. Jameis's situation was unique because you kind of knew I just this is a year audition, and then Drew Brees is going to be in South Bend calling Notre Dame football games, and then it'll be my team, right? If I but I still had Sean. to I still had to audition. I mean, it's easy to say now. Yes, he but, had to audition. But I mean, and he did play. But I think if you're what you're saying, if Mitchell Trubisky is going to the Chiefs then he's actually, I would be impressed. I'm with you because he's actually about improving himself, not about getting three games of good film out there and tricking somebody into signing him. Right. He'd be about like actually getting better. So I would complain a couple preseason games and some, you know, blowout reps, stuff like that. But it's more about like, okay, Andy Reid fixing me than it is about, let me get on the field for four games and look good. And then someone else, someone else will give me more money next year. So I'd support that. I just, this QB market, the idea that the, Maybe this we talked about Russell you want, and you Sam want, Darnold. You want to do a guess right now what Trubisky gets? Well, we talked about the other day. We were talking in like the three to four million dollar range. So, I mean, Mitchell made a lot. Mitchell just made a lot of money. One thing being the second overall pick, right? I bet he made twenty five million. But that can go two ways. That can either be I've earned a lot of money, so let's do what's right and best for my career, or it can be I'm rich. I'm used to being rich. I want to. St- I, I deserve. Right, I don't know what he's and, thinking. And he'd go, and, he'd, and in fairness to Mitchell, even if he is a little, you know, probably jaded about his own ability, he'd just go like, "When I started, we've won." Right. I would encourage him I'm, to invest in himself by going to the best situation to, for his career. But I, I'll be shocked, guy, if there's like three and four million dollar offers out there. I, I as crazy as it sounds, I think he makes like two million bucks, maybe three million bucks. I mean, Andy Dalton last year got three million bucks. Andy Dalton though had accomplished more. Yeah, like the I, one I thing, one thing with one thing with, with Mitchell, one, one one just one core tenet. Because I couldn't pay him six. He, he, Mitchell's not an accurate passer. Like Andy, at least, even when it was like, well, his arms stink. He's a red red BB gun or whatever. He was an accurate passer. Like Mitchell is just balls go all over the map. Like Mitchell's not accurate. I couldn't pay him. Jameis's yeah. knock was like he can he can dominate. It's just he'll throw picks. You just need to kind of corral him. Mitchell's is like. He just can't make normal throws. He'll just airmail them. Mitchell's got some major, major uh, character, you know, yeah. character attributes to his game. Mitchell's never looked like Jameis did for sustained never. periods of time. Never. Yeah. So he just, you like his skills? Like he has a strong arm really, and he I can run. I don't even run. like him. <laughs> I just, we're comparing him to Andy Dalton, got $10 million. That's what well, it's Well, he's more physically about. much more gifted than Dalton. He's just not accurate. Uh, so. Al Davis, yeah. like Al Davis would like him. So sure, three and three. I, I'd be like, if we found out today, someone paid him $6 million, that would floor me. Yeah. But we talked the other day about Darnold, the rumor that Picara liked him, the bears. Maybe that's about the bears trying to three team it. Uh, clearly that's not happening. <laughs> no. <laughs> As silver. I think it's, I'm fat. I, I am fascinated. If Darn is Darnold going to survive? Is he going to get traded in the next couple days? Is that a draft trade? Because there are just these things out there that it's just hard to know when or what's going to happen, but they're still out there. Yeah, I mean, the, you know, the, this this stuff is always so black and white. Maybe they like him enough to keep him around if they don't see something better. Maybe they like him enough to keep him around if somebody offers them a ton for the pick that they have, right? Like, to me, that's the reason to hold him, hold on to him right now is that you might be okay with him being your quarterback, but you get to draft day and no one's really offering you a ton for your pick. And you go, well, okay, now we'll go with Zach Wilson. 
But you also get to draft day and somebody says, no, we'll give you two, two ones and two twos. You go, okay, we like Darnold enough to do that. Right. Like yeah. to me, that would be the reason to hold on to him for a while is that it's not black and white. It's not, we got to get rid of him or he's our guy. It's we like him, And we, we don't think it's great business to get rid of him for Zach Wilson, but you know, I mean, if no one else offers us a lot, then we'll do that. And we'll still get a third round pick for him. I like that's maybe that's where it is with them. Just what it kind of feels like, which is reasonable. That's a perfectly Joe Douglas, Robert Sala, we, that's a reasonable way to operate. Well, it's kind of the opposite of John Gruden. I think John Gruden already would have made a, you know, a knee-jerk reaction, you know, just with one conversation with Zach Wilson or something. I, the proper moves with all these guys, and I think the proper move with the Niners sniffing around with Trubisky, is just take some time. One, I always go back, what would Belichick do? One of his greatest strengths during the dynasty, he just kind of chilled for a couple days. He let everyone blow their load, and then he'd sweep in. Like, he would get Trubisky and get him for, like, 175. Because the, the first day is always the most expensive day. Look at look at Monday. You wanted a player on Monday, they cost the most. You wanted right away, like, Fitzpatrick Dalton, they boom, boom, boom. Like, I don't want to pay either one of those guys $10 million, but it was like, teams were a little desperate. Especially once made, Fitzpatrick goes. Even if it, I like Ryan Fitzpatrick, $10 million, I mean, I get it because he's a starter and it's kind of the going rate, but... You end up drafting a guy. Now, I get it. You factor in the two salaries. Under no circumstances, $10 million, Andy Dalton. I want to throw up in my mouth. I'd even say Tyrod Taylor, like the $6 million true money. Like, eh, I'd like it about three. Yeah. Yeah, but this is – these are quarterbacks. I can't imagine what position players – like just the solid, like kind of swing guard who plays like half the games every year goes like, Tyrod – I make – you know, 1.1, 1. 1, and this guy makes six. He's terrible. Right. I, and I'm, I'm going to play, you know, like you said, if you play half a season, so I'm going to play however many, what is that, 60 snaps times Or think about, like, the uh, $1 million, dollar, like, what position do you play? Well, I can play both tackles, and if in a pinch, I can play guard. And every year, the last three years, I've played six to nine games. And I've averaged, for the last three years, a little over a million dollars. These shitty quarterbacks, I mean, that no good team would want starting for them easily without blinking an eye, starting at like six, seven million dollars. It's like, who's more valuable? The swing tackle when you know I'm going to play or this guy that may never see a snap? It, I, I would. Ha I understand why the big the big fellas have some resentment, <laughs> especially like the backup grunts. Why are you yelling at me in practice? Yeah, shut up. Why is the media talking to you? <laughs> I got great stories. Yeah. You, why do you get to golf on an off day? at that sweet course as the guest of the owner. It really is. I mean, if you can throw a football and you're 6'2", do whatever you can to get to the league. Well, I give him credit for trying to get Russ. He's on their list, but the Seahawks aren't interested in your offer. Mariota kind of getting squeezed out here. Literally. You mean, yeah, there's nowhere for him to get traded to? Is that what you're saying? Well, and the Raiders, according to Vic, were like trying to get him to take a pay cut. Right. It's like that's not how you do business. If you if you want to, if you can trade him, trade him. If he's not going to take, he's not. You don't want him to play for that money. He's saying no. Release me. Release him. Like this is little low level Raiders bullshit going on right now. No way around it. According to Vic's offer, squeezing guys, squeezing guys. Are you the mob? Well, I think like, the, here's here's where it wins is if what does squeeze Mariota mean? Does it mean five million dollars and no one else is offering him five million dollars? But it's BS because you don't 
you want him to play for $5 million, but you know if you let him hit the open market, maybe he'd get six and a half and you couldn't get him back for the five. It's like, yeah, well, that's you're kind of screwing you're him. You're, you don't agree and you say, cut me. Well, I think that Which one is, thing that Vic wrote, him and Rodney Hudson said, cut me. Yeah, I don't Like, him. I'm not taking a pay cut to stay here. <laughs> what, what, what do you think this is? Like, this ain't the Patriots in 2017, This is Alabama. <laughs> I'm not <laughs> waiting my turn. <laughs> to fucking get beat by the Dolphins? Like, sorry, buddy. Uh, I don't know. What else is going on, John? Oh, we had uh, Di- ESPN Diana said the receiver market, nothing going on. Juju, yeah, I, think I mean, Corey Davis signed big money with the Jets, but... Juju's still out there. Galladay's still out there. Will Full, did Will Fuller sign today? Uh, I don't. I haven't seen his name in a tweet yet. I, I think one thing that really hurts these guys is that uh, just think about the last two drafts. There's like 30 brand new good rookies in the league. I know. And and not even just first rounders. Think how many of the last two drafts. Like, God, that guy's pretty good. Where'd you get him? Oh, pick uh, 58. It's like, why am I going to give good, you? Yeah, you're right. And there's good receivers in this draft. I just think that it's just simple, like, if you were, like, a, a VP at Morgan Stanley and 30 years old, they're like, I'm going to get a big raise. It's like, well, we got this big intern crew coming from uh, Harvard, UCLA, and Stanford. You're shit out of luck. <laughs> That's kind of what it's like. And I imagine these wide receivers, like, what are you talking about? Pay me money. It's like, yeah, you probably didn't pay too much attention to uh, Saturdays, but LSU, Alabama, Ohio State, USC, Texas Tech, uh, Clemson, and uh, North Carolina are pumping out about 17 wide receivers we see going in the top 65 picks. Yep. So screw you. I mean, Jefferson, Lamb, Higgins, Claypool, Ayuk, Chenault, Judy, Pittman, Rager, Hamler, Ruggs, Denzel Mims, plus Brian Edwards. I think the Rams. So if me and you, if, if you, if me and you were, if I was a coach, you were GM or vice versa, and, I, and you said, let's go sign Juju Smith. And I said, would you rather have Juju Smith for $15 million a year, or would you rather have Michael Pittman for a million? Yeah, isn't pretty? Isn't the answer pretty simple? Because I don't. Nope. Let's just not even talk about the first round. Let's just go to round two of the last two years. DK Metcalf, AJ Brown, D- Debo Samuel, Higgins, uh, like Pittman. I mean, the names are just—they're there and they're good. I mean, we all watched them play this year. They make plays. All, I took them on my DraftKings teams. Guys are players. I, I think the wide receivers are screwed because I also think the wide like I'm sorry Kenny Galladay you're not you know you're not Calvin Johnson buddy all right <laughs> like Juju what's up with you and the Steelers like say one thing for the Steelers once they like a player they don't let him walk like Antonio Brown played there for like eight years like uh, why don't they like you Juju you, your TikTok thing is not helping you out we people I'm sure the media is making fun of it like it's way too big a deal. It ain't a big deal, I guarantee, in free agency meetings. I want to pay this guy $15 million that Mike Tomlin just thought was kind of uh, an immature kind of clown at times who had to apologize for TikTok dances. It hurts because you nailed the pick. You know? But then they nailed the pick again with Chase Claypool. But isn't he a good example? Like, why don't we just get another Juju Smith in the second round? Didn't you tell me? Did you say this on the pod or you say this off the pod? pod. One of the... the Steelers reporters called him a diva. Steelers.com wrote a thing today. It's never, the team reporter never says anything bad about a player. And it was that Claypool had some, you know, his D, I think I think it was something like his diva quotient went up as the season went along or something like that. He did have that four touchdown game early, probably feeling himself. Yeah. Yeah, he did have, I don't blame he him. Did have that game. Four TDs in a game is, you know. It wasn't like the- receiving, running, 
It was awesome. Did, did he catch and throw one? Remember, it was something he had like one of every kind of touchdown or something crazy. I remember thinking like, that this guy is, is this guy a superstar? Well, part of it wasn't the production. <laughs> it was just he looked incredible. I remember thinking oh, like, he, wait, he's this, big, he's fast. I, I was like, this is what Chase Claypool looks like? <laughs> I'm <I've> same. <laughs> so I thought the same thing about the two old Miss guys, even though we had seen like DK was, once you see them play, you're like, how did these guys last in the last, second round? Like AJ Brown's just like throwing guys off him, walking to the end zone. You're like, how did how did people in the draft go? Yeah, let's just uh, we can get a guy later. Yeah, <laughs> I was like, what are you guys? Doing? Claypool is a lot like those guys where you just watch him on the NFL field. He looks bigger than most people. He does. He played at Notre Dame like he was under the radar. No. Uh, we uh, by the way we talked about Yannick. Feels like a twenty eight hundred transactions ago on our YouTube page. Uh, when that deal happened, so go check that out. Um, Jason Brett, we talked about two years, twenty six million. Again, great. Like, but you have to. To me, the one thing I thought the more we talked about it, and we, uh, the more I thought about it, even though we talked about it, was just what you do next helps determine whether or not twenty six million dollars, two years, is money well spent on Yannick John. Right, like if you don't build a better team around him and continue to improve your defensive line, then that's going to be money wasted. It's only money well spent if you spend more money and make your team better. And obviously, you know, I give Scout Haberman pretty good credit when we were talking on Sunday night. You know, what is Akello? He's a Seattle type guy. Who signed that's right. Not, I mean, <laughs> but that wasn't. I didn't have pretty to go easy. deep for that one. It is crazy when you, you know, out here on the West Coast. Like a lot of people that talk about football aren't based on the West Coast, right? We just, if you just look at the media landscape, more Midwest, East Coast, you just, we just watch the West Coast teams, the NFC and AFC West very closely because of local games. You just feel like you get a very good idea, especially with Seattle. I mean, most people do, but really when you watch their team, like I, I feel I've watched on a given year, like bits and pieces of 12 out of the 16 Seattle games. Like you watch full, probably eight of them, right? Cause the two Niner ones, the two Rams ones, they play on Sunday, Monday and Thursday night football. But then you just like end up on like Seattle's in a tight game against the giants on Sunday morning. You just end up watching. You just know what their team looks like. It's pretty easy to be like, ah, I bet Seattle likes this guy. Yeah. Yeah. But it's part just of the, it is they've had the same GM and coach the whole time. Right. It's just, yeah, it's just their profile. They have like everyone else is copying them when they draft that guy. Right. The Niners were. Well, yeah, I, it, there's no doubt that they probably wanted Akello in that draft, right? They I'm probably sure they, take I it. mean, it's it's not a secret. Like, Well, the thing is, they don't pivot like when the guy's proven, like, he's just okay. They're like, yeah, we'll try him. We'll try, see if we can make him better. Well, the last like time they Carlos took it, Hyde, it, well, Carlos Hyde was a guy. Like, the Niners are like, of course, they liked him. The Niners do, they do have some similarities. DJ Say this Reed. about the Niners and just tough guys. Philip, I like DJ Sherman. Uh, you potty? Who retired? Body. Robert Sala. Robert Sala. Uh, Do you think Pete Carroll sure could be one. a senior analyst when he retires for Kyle? I can see Pete retiring like Malibu. <laughs> Monterey. Do you think there's any chance Pete retires in the Pacific Northwest in the cold no, and rain? Or do you think no, he goes back to... Absolutely. He's, he's going south. He, he's flying he's south like the summer bird that he is. <laughs> The problem, too, will be for if Clay's still there, whoever the coach is, they'll invite him to a game when he's, like, 72, and people will get so, like, caught up in the feelings. Like, God, I wish Pete was back. Mm -hmm. And maybe he's like, could we talk him into it? He's still 72, but he's a young 72. He's like John Beeline. You've seen John Beeline's getting marked for all these games. Like, he's, I get he's 69, but he's still got a passion. He's still got the fire. Does he? I mean, he just got paid. 
Jacoby Brissett, Dolphins. Uh, Marvin Jones, Jags. I, I, I like that, Jacoby Brissett, Dolphins. I'd rather have Jacoby Brissett, I feel like, than, than Dalton. Dalton. Yeah. I'd have to think about that one. I'd have to watch film. Mar- what, what, have you noticed, you get this tweeted at you all the time, like when we talk about Niners backups, a ton of Minshew. Like, oh, what about Minshew? What about Minshew? I don't... Again, the, the, this is what I'm saying. I think when you live in this region, I bet a lot of fans just over the couple of years, if you're a big football fan, you just end up on three or four Pac-12 after dark. You watch a lot of them watch the state. Then if you play fantasy, you kept an eye on him that first year. You're like, this guy's kind of cool. Yeah. You probably follow him on social media. He's just kind of a fun player. Feel like he's a little more fun than actually good. I. But he's not But he's not bad. But he's, he's not a starter, but that's okay. You're not looking for a starter. Would you rather have him for 800000 as a backup or Mitchell for three point five? I'd mm. Mitchell's thrown important passes. Gardner. Never I, I would be more inclined to go with Mitchell for cop. But I feel like you're not Kyle a big Shanahan. Minshew guy. I, I feel you question Minshew. Yeah. I mean, I, I think a lot of the stuff with the Jags was just kind of running around, uh, but again, it's he's, he's an NFL quarterback and it's, I just think for Kyle Shanahan, there's a ceiling potentially a little more to Trubisky. You could find, I don't think there's more to, Minshew yeah. to pull out. It would just be more to me if you kept Jimmy. Minshew could win you three or four games, right? Uh, he uh, could eight. Yeah, I just I, I've seen. I, see, I don't think he could be Jimmy's back. I would need Trubisky. The thing to be with Jimmy's the Jags, backup. they actually didn't win that many games. I, I, no, I would need Trubisky to be Jimmy's backup because I need somebody I, like Kyle could just let's game plan him, let's run him around, let's do some crazy stuff, and let's give somebody a different look. I uh, I think that. Oh, they're pro- I think I read uh, who's a former was it Alex Smith that I read might go to the uh, Jags to help be around. Uh, you know him and Urban are oh, tight. Uh, yes, yeah. Bring yeah. him to the Jags and then Trevor. Yep. Because if you're gonna bring Trevor, you probably wouldn't have Gardner stay, right? You'd want an older guy. Alex I, couldn't I play think, a few yeah. snaps this year. Who? Alex couldn't play some this year. Somewhere. Well, I mean, you take Trevor. Lawrence That's what I'm saying. Alex couldn't find a place where he could play a little bit potentially. No, I don't think so. Um, do you think that makes sense? Urban, Alex, Trevor. Yeah, I think it makes a ton of sense. I mean, if Alex is looking for someone who believes in him after the Washington uh, experience. Uh, Balky. Balky. Balky signed Carlos you, Hyde. I, I stumbled upon this. If you're bored in the next couple of days, the Jags put a YouTube show out. Behind the scenes, Urban, Trent, Tom Gamble. You know, it's like, remember the Colts did that last year? It's not. It's just a 10-minute easy watch. I like it. The Colts one was good. The Jags one's not bad. Trent, I just kind of laugh watching Trent. <laughs> all right, all right, guys. Uh, it hurts my voice just to do the impression. Did you say Zach Ertz traded to the Bills? Uh, I don't think it's official yet. All right, well, at this at this moment in time, as we finish this, all hands on deck to uh, sign Trent Williams, John. I just hope those hands don't sign him uh, tonight. Yeah. <laughs> if you could just wait, even if he waited so like a bunch of people listen to this till like five in the afternoon tomorrow, <laughs> that'd be great. We'd appreciate that. All right, everybody. We'll be back soon, I'm sure. Adios.